Hello, this is Rob Carmichael with another Mainly Matters Business Podcast. I want to welcome all my guests today that are listening, and also uh, my guest, uh, Rich Rotella, the Economic Development Director for Bucksport. Welcome to Mainly Matters, Rich. Good day, Rob. Rich is a uh, is a go getter. I guess that's one of the many ways to describe Rich in his role as the economic development director for Bucksport. He wears a lot of hats, and we'll talk about those. Uh, he's been uh, a, a true energy source for helping to revive Bucksport after the uh, closing of the mill in 2014. Uh, we'll get into more of that, but we want to learn a. Uh, a lot more about what an economic development director does. And uh, it obviously, there are different size uh, cities and towns, and I think most of them have an economic development director. And, and Bucksport is no different. Uh, the role is probably quite unique to, to each town. And, and as I said, uh, Rich wears many hats, but we'll uh, get into that and learn a little bit more about uh, his role and, and how he came to Bucksport. So Rich... Uh, Again, welcome, and uh, maybe we can just start with with just talking a little bit about how you you're, you're not a native Bucksport uh, uh, guy, but I feel like you've been here forever. So maybe we could talk about how how did you end up in Bucksport? Where are you from? A um, little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was born in Providence, Rhode Island. I uh, graduated high school from uh, West Warwick High School back in 1994. I uh, took a leap of faith. I Decided to attend college in Maine. Maine was the only New England state I didn't visit growing up. So uh, I chose Thomas College. I graduated with a bachelor's of science degree in accounting back in uh, 1998. Upon graduation, I decided to make Maine my home. I, I have lived in Waterville, Fairfield, Belfast, and I currently live in Bucksport uh, with my wife, Jennifer, um, and my daughters, Abigail and Brianna. I've worked for MBA America, Bank of America, and Camden National Bank. And as you stated, I'm the uh, Community and Economic Development Director for the town of Bucksport. And I've been here since November 30th of 2015 in this role. 2015. And uh, I'm, I'm also a proud uh, Thomas grad, got my master's degree at Thomas, and um, probably Actually, I think it was just a few years before you graduated from Thomas. I was there. Great school, great business school, uh, and uh, I'm sure it uh, it helped prepare you uh, to some degree for for the role you're in now and the roles you've had uh, previous to this. Absolutely. Um, you know, President Spann was uh, the president of Thomas at my time there. Uh, small college, and really, my love for the state of Maine came from attending. Thomas College. I got to give some public speaking appearances um, for some fundraisers that we had. Um, I get to go back and visit uh, students at our high school here in Bucksport. When they go to take a tour of Thomas, they come back with, we found your picture, we found your brick. So um, I, I, I love Thomas. I continue to this day to give back to Thomas. And uh, I'm excited when the students at Bucksport High School reach out to me and let me know that they saw me at Thomas. Yeah, and, and I'm sure it was a business uh, degree you received from Thomas? Yes, uh, uh, with a major uh, in accounting. Major in accounting. And so you're in the banking banking uh, business before uh, this role. Uh, did that provide any sort of uh, 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 
background or, or help in in the current role that you're in? Do you do you feel that uh, that helps you? One hundred percent. You know, having all different aspects of working in banking, especially at my role at uh, Camden National Bank. Um, I had a lot of interactions with the town, uh, but you get to see the ebbs and flows of of the economy locally, uh, statewide, and, and nationally, and it all plays an impact on your community. And if you're um, if you have that background, if you uh, understand the what the economy is doing, you can better prepare not only yourself but your businesses, your citizens, and educate your council um, or whatever form of government you have to make strong, lasting um, communities. Yeah, you know, I can see the, yeah, I mean, it being in banking myself, I can see the, the direct connection between the types of interactions you have uh, on a daily basis in, in the banking business, particularly in, in a local institution where you were in, in the town. And so how, what led you to uh, pursue this opportunity to get into, in, into, into the public sector versus the private sector? Well, um, <laughs> I think what really helped to do that was my, um, my attending the numerous committees uh, throughout the town. Uh, so I had many business interactions with my predecessor, Dave Milan. Uh, he was here for quite some time. He wore many different hats as well, uh, but the last hat he wore was the uh, economic development director. And, um, you know, whether it was during the day or later in the evenings, attending the finance committee meetings, attending economic development committee meetings and town council meetings, I learned to respect town government. And I knew that someday I'd like to serve my community in a role at the town office and economic development was a perfect match. Because um, when you're when you're a bank manager, most people think, well, I oversee the staff on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Camden National Bank, that was more of going out building relationships. Um, I've always had the belief after working at MBA that it's it, it's better and cheaper to retain customers than it is to go out and get new customers. So um, all of that helped build me to this role. And I just have this sense of giving back, giving back to the community and, and giving back to the town where I reside. That's a great point uh, about about the role of a, of a bank or a credit union branch manager. It, it's so much about building relationships and building uh, that business development and all of those sorts of things. And certainly there's a component, as you mentioned about, you know, you have to manage your staff and, but typically if you're, if you're doing the job the right way, most of your time is spent developing those relationships. And it sounds like that was a great segue into uh, the role that you're in now. And, and you came in about the same time that our current uh, town manager, who I, I had uh, was fortunate to have on our podcast a couple months ago, Susan Lassard took the role. That was pretty much the same time, wasn't it? Yeah, she was here uh, four months prior to me being hired. Uh, she was actually uh, the one who went through the entire process with me. So, um, and I got to meet her while working at the bank and attending the meetings of the town council when they were going through the hiring process of her as well. And, and what do you, so on a daily basis, and I know it, it certainly 
it differs between uh, towns, between cities, depending on the size, the budget. Certainly, I'm sure you, as I mentioned at the at the beginning of the podcast, you wear a lot, uh, many more hats than than in, maybe in some uh, towns and cities where the economic development director does. But tell us what you do on a daily basis, a weekly basis. What is your What does your job look like? Uh, yeah, yeah, and and you're right. Um, each day is different. It uh, brings upon itself unique challenges, uh, but also measurable successes. Uh, one thing that I do daily, besides normal office work of you know answering the phone or emails, is I check regional, state, and federal news, sort of like we spoke about in banking, because it's important not only on what's going on in our community, but the communities that surround us. Um, you have to look for trends, uh, whether it's statewide or nationally that could have an economic impact on the community. Uh, you have to be aware of funding opportunities uh, via grants, whether it's through um, USDA or the federal government or ARPA. You, you have to do this to make your town visible, um, more business friendly. And you have to you know, keep the aesthetics of the town, the appearance, uh, the visual appearance of the town always at the forefront as well. Um, I, I hit the streets. Um, I, I go to visit with business owners to hear from them, uh, what they are seeing for trends, uh, personally. Um, I also keep lists of potential businesses. Um, I call them leads, uh, who we're looking to help move into our town. And I make contacts to building owners, um, to see, you know, is there a potential that your building's going up uh, for rent at some point or for, or if they're planning on sale, it's having that exit strategy when they want to leave business. Um, so I make contacts to businesses also that I see in the paper who have talked about expanding, have recently expanded. Um, but I have to be careful. I, I match these leads with the available space to ensure that the business district is not only full, but it's compatible to what already exists in town. Just throwing any average Joe in on Main Street, for example, it may not have the fit, which one, isn't good for the business owner, but two, may not be good for the town as well. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the tools that, or some of the tools that I use um, to help with this is the planning documents that the town has developed to ensure that its goals are being met. Uh, tools that I use are the comprehensive plan, our marketing plan, our economic development strategy, and the heart and soul 82 citizen generated ideas. And this is what I look at when um, at the objective or the project that I want to tackle next. So it's try. it's really combining uh, your your own thoughts and views and, and vision with uh, that of the town and, and the documents, as you mentioned, the comprehensive plan, all of the things, the guidance, the vision from the town council, the town manager, and trying to meld and, and bring in the types of businesses, the types of uh, entities that, that fit that as best possible. Yes, that's correct. Absolutely. In the, in the grant piece, you mentioned uh, that's that's a huge part of what towns and cities and in the state 
um, used to uh, to to build a, a, any number of uh, programs, uh, projects, and so forth. Tell us a little bit more about how that works. Is it just you? Is it the town manager? Do you you're constantly reviewing opportunities for grants? Yeah, um, everything that I do is in collaboration. So my department is a department of one, but I partner with our code officer who acts also as our planner, our assessor who has planning experience, and our town manager. Um, I also rely on uh, assistance from the executive director of Main Street Bucksport. Um, They're on their third director in the past several years, but it takes a village to find what's out there. Um, There's no guidelines on, hey, go here. This is where it is. Um, our town manager, Susan Lassard, may get emails uh, from uh, organizations uh, that have money available or has more insight to ARPA funding. Uh, the current executive director of Main Street Bucksport um, has opportunities through Main Street America programs that get emailed directly to him. Um, so it really is, even though it's a department of one, it's a collaboration of all. Mm-hmm. It, it, that leads me to 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 a question about you know particularly for anybody interested in in maybe going down this path for a, a profession down the road. What what would you say are the core competencies, the most important skills that you need to do your job effectively? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, um, and I'd say this about. Anything I do, whether it's the coaching that I do, the economic development, any of the committees I sit on, the number one number one core competency is strong communication skills. Not only do you have to be able to speak, but you have to be equally, if not better, at listening. Um, in my role, uh, what I put right up there next is knowledge in finance and economics. Um, negotiation skills are very important. And especially in Bucksport, the ability to adapt to change. It's not every day that a mill closes down, though it seemed like that for a few years uh, throughout the state. Um, But uh, the ability to adapt to change, be quick on your feet, um, get with the appropriate parties, and make sure that, um, you know, you're not set back. And you've you've listed some really key key competencies here and in your role you're you know it it would be one thing if you were in a private business and you could make all the decisions economically financially and how you wanted to grow or what you wanted to do but you've got to balance the will of the council the manager the public how do you how do you balance that what do you what do you do um internally to uh, enable you to to kind of bridge those those different entities and and come to consensus? Yeah, it's uh, a lot of listening, Mm -hmm. a lot of taking feedback, a lot of writing down. And then I have a, a map sort of say that I've created for myself of uh, positives, uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Most people call it a SWOT analysis. Uh, Some people call it positive, negative, um, I like the term SWOT analysis, but I I, I take those and we look at each and then we take a broader dive into. So 
for example, a, a new person getting into business. They come to town. They want to bring XYZ business to town. And it's talking with the Economic Development Committee on this is what we're looking at here. How does it fit? You know, does it fit in the downtown area? Is it better suited for Route 1? And then listening to the feedback and everyone's entitled to an opinion. If you're always getting 100% affirmative, either one, you're perfect, and I have yet to meet anyone that's perfect, um, or two, people may not understand what you're trying to do. So really getting that feedback, providing 360 feedback as well, and really doing and using the outline of those plans that we have to make the best decision for the town. Um, final decision doesn't rely with me, lie with me. It's with, as you mentioned, the Economic Development Committee and the council and the town manager. And and that's, I'm sure at, at times that's got to be frustrating and we wouldn't, you wouldn't be human if it, if it wasn't. Uh, but it sounds to me like when you talked about the core competency of listening, that, that, that in the, in the adaptability, uh, that's key for you to be able to continue to maintain that positive attitude, move forward when, when maybe it's going in a direction that you, you're not sure is the right one to go, but that's where the majority of those folks you just mentioned want to go. Yeah, absolutely. And a great example of that is a uh, vacant property that has sat vacant on main street and uh, the property was uh, listed or named as 27 Main Street, and back in 2013, 2013 there was a fire that destroyed one of the buildings. The uh, prop, the building owner, uh, who owned several lots, um, had passed away, and the town acquired that. That's nine years ago. The misnomer that I had to deal with in my position was everyone forgot when that happened. Uh, you know, most recently people are like, well, that's only been vacant for five years. Why are we rushing? And you really can't rush in this profession because you either get it right or you get it wrong. Mm -hmm. So if you rush, as in anything, you're typically going to get it wrong. So it's educating, which we did. It's listening to different proposals, which we did. And then it was coming up with a, a, a goal that the town had uh, for the property. And I'm pleased to announce that this past Thursday night, after nine years, we have sold that uh, property. Outstanding. Uh, can you uh, can you discuss who that was? That is too, or what's going to go there? Or is it too early for that? Uh, no, um, it was all public. So um, that was um, it's been in the newspaper, and um, what we're looking at is four buildings that are going to be used for. Um, they're going to be townhouses, so they'll have uh, two townhouses per each building. Uh, with um, it's a 1.15 acre parcel. So to understand, oh, how are you going to do that? Um, underneath each of these townhouses is going to be a, a parking garage as well. So they'll have their parking garages, and they'll sit back off of Main Street, sort of similar to where some of the apartments were that were on this uh, giant parcel. And up front, closer to Main Street, are going to be two brand new commercial buildings. Um, statewide Property Management and Consulting was the firm uh, that the town council agreed uh, by a vote of five to one to uh, sell the property to. 
and our attorneys are getting together right now, writing up the contract and the deed. And it is, it's been stated by statewide property management and consulting uh, the project manager, Patrick Kane, that they hope to have these buildings up prior to the snow flying this winter. Oh, that's, that is outstanding. And as you said, that, I mean, that was, that was a challenging law for those that aren't familiar with that area of Bucksport on main street. It's, it's, as you it's mentioned, it's a small, relatively small lot and there's a big sort of hill behind it. It, it, and it's easily done, easy to understand why it has been a challenge. But as you said, patience was a virtue here in some respects. <laughs> you know, you had probably some other opportunities that just didn't didn't work out. Is that correct? Yeah, this would be uh, – pre- uh, there was a second presentation presented at the same time. <laughs> so these were pre- um, presentations that went to the council numbered seven and numbered eight in my time. Wow. Um and then there were many more that did not go forward because of financing, business plans, um, or what have you. So, um, getting to the to the frustrating part, it's a lot of a lot of talk, a lot of action, a lot of a lot of inaction. Excuse me. And um, really, in, in government, things take time. <laughs> and uh, for those who know me, I'm pretty high paced. I like to go at a warp speed, but I've learned, I've learned to uh, slow down because again, if you rush, you're more apt to make mistakes. And uh, I, I agree with the council. I, I do think this was a, uh, a great project to choose. I mean, I enjoyed all the projects and people that I met with and some of them I thought were the right project. And it's not about me. It's about the community. And uh, I'm glad the town council saw fit uh, when it was right to not move projects forward. And I'm equally as thrilled that they did choose to move forward with this project. And, and I think if, if I remember correctly, and I should have mentioned at the outset that uh, in full disclosure, I, I was on the town council at, during the time that uh, is Rich Rich has been the economic development director. Uh, but I, I think this was before me when they actually, before my time on the council, when they tore down the buildings. And, and I remember if I'm remembering correctly that the town took some flack for doing that, spending the money to do that. But in the end, what we're looking at now is uh, some tax-paying entities there, right? Yeah, you're right. The town uh, purchased the property um, March of 2014 is when everything closed. And um, the town paid, spent $249,999, which was $1 less than it having to go out to vote. Uh, but the town had a vision, just like it had a vision to create a rainy day fund if or when the day the mill would close. So Bucksport is always forward – in my view, Bucksport's mm-hmm. always been forward-thinking. And uh, with that lot, the town council at the time knew what was there. Um, there was one uh, commercial entity, a restaurant, that was on the first floor of an apartment building, and then there were um, – four other buildings on the site. So there were five buildings on this 1.15 acre parcel um, that existed. Um, and at this point now we'll gain one extra building and two of them solely dedicated to uh, commercial with the parking underneath the um, uh, townhouses. Uh, there will be plenty of parking on street and off street for the, um, 
for the commercial properties. And yeah, even today, you know, people still say, why did the town do that? Up front, it may not look like a wise financial decision, especially because you have we had to demolish all those buildings. So there was added cost over and above the two forty nine nine ninety nine. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're going to be getting a million dollar project. Um, so you've basically tripled your investment. And those buildings were not in the best of shape before the fire in, in uh, around that whole section of town, if I remember right. Yes, yes, you're you're right. They they were worn um, with the property owner having passed um, a couple years be or a year excuse me before the um, the fire. Um, the maintenance was kind of lacking, um, not only on the buildings but on the grounds as well. Sure. So it's a definitely a win win in in this area, and that sort of illustrates, I think, um, some of what you you know some of what your role is and what you do. Uh, being persistent is a, is a key one of the, as, as you mentioned, adapting to change, being persistent, uh, part of those core competencies. And you may have alluded a little bit to some of the challenges. What, what, what are your biggest challenges and where do you spend the most amount of your time? Yeah, a big challenge is finding a way to get the locals to support our downtown businesses year round. Now, during the off season, when the official start of spring, which is tomorrow when the ice cream parlor opens, um, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you, you know, from then until the first day of school, um, not only are the locals down here, but, uh, you know, of course our visitors. Um, so really trying to find a way to support our local businesses year round. Um, and a second, um, big challenge is, is getting those visitors who are heading to Acadia and down East Maine to take a left at the light. So if you're not familiar with Bucksport, you, of course, of course, cross the Penobscot Narrows Bridge onto Verona Island, and then there's another light. Um, you go over the Verona-Bucksport Bridge, also referred to as the Dr. Tagen Bridge. And if you take a light left at the light, you're coming into downtown Bucksport, enjoying our shops and our beautiful walkway and views of Fort Knox and the Penobscot River. If you take a right, you're going up U.S. Route 1, heading um, to towards our industrial park and some of the businesses that we have there as well. But it's also a way that people get to um, Ellsworth and Bar Harbor and Blue Hill, some great local small towns as well. So I've been spending a lot of time on planning how to overcome these challenges. Uh, for example, we've installed new signs uh, prior to as well as on the Verona Bucksport Bridge, uh, also by our wastewater treatment facility on US Route 1 coming in from Orland. Uh, we spent dollars on marketing in a number of publications and online. And currently, I'm working on a campaign with Fort Knox and New Center, Maine, that will center on a day by the bay where two lefts make a right. So for some context, Fort Knox receives about 100,000 visitors each year. And if we could attract even a third of that number, our businesses would see an impact on their bottom line. So the campaign will focus on having visitors to the fort take two lefts, one at the light to the Penobscot Narrows Bridge and the second light at the end of the Verona-Bucksport Bridge where they will enter downtown Bucksport and can visit our walkway, our restaurants, our retail shops, and get an ice cream cone before they head home or continue on with their vacation. 
Outstanding. And, and those are, you know, Fort Knox is a jewel of the area, as you mentioned, draws a lot of visitors. And once people do turn, our walkway is the, uh, is the other jewel uh, of that, of our downtown area. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the, the walkway and, and how big that is for Bucksport? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of my other hats is overseeing the Bucksport waterfront and uh, and the marina. So I have a lot of time vested in that as well. Um, it's a mile long. It starts right over by technically on the right side of the light <laughs> between mm-hmm. Hannaford and Irving's, uh, but there's no real parking there. So um, if you take the left at the light and you take your first left into where our Veterans Memorial is, you can hit the walkway from there, and on your way, there's a fishing pier right there. Uh, we have a water wheel and fountain, and then you head uh, in the direction towards Bangor on the walkway, and the walkway extends beyond the town office uh, to the marina parking lot uh, where we have a municipally owned marina, and then you come upon the town dock parking lot where we'll have um, day cruisers come in. We'll have some cruise ships. Uh, we even have a catamaran that spends a couple to three months of the summer on our town dock. Then you travel uh, towards the end beyond our gazebo and then down to Bucksport House of Pizza. So the trail currently ends at Bucksport House of Pizza. Um, in the summer months, uh, you'll see from the gazebo to towards the House of Pizza, their Buck Memorial Library puts out a story walk. Um, it's enjoyed by visitors of all ages. You'll actually see um, there's a page, and then un- underneath the page, there's maybe fly like a butterfly, jump like a kangaroo, um, tap your feet, uh, things like that. It Make it fun. Um, it's probably the least visited part of our um, waterfront, but uh, there are plans and works um, and conversations being had with CSX to potentially take up the railroad tracks beyond that and really look at some of the plans we had from our that plan to potentially put an amphitheater or more um, seating area um, for the public to use and enjoy. And of course, there are, there are events throughout the summer months and early fall, the uh, uh, Wednesdays on Main Street, there are other uh, activities, the festival uh, each each summer, um, some other other musical type activities down on the waterfront, just a, a bustle, bustling uh, area of activity during the summer months that really makes it a great draw to Bucksport. It, you know, in thinking about that and thinking about your role, how do you sell Bucksport? Why should families and businesses move to Bucksport? Well, Bucksport has a lot of great qualities. Um, our tagline is that we are rich in heritage and we're looking to the future. Our location is second to none. And what I mean by that is there are stunning views of the Penobscot River, Fort Knox, Orchid Mountain, and Silver Lake. We have miles of trails, um, which include our picturesque mile-long waterfront walkway that we've been discussing, uh, the Miles Lane trails, and Silver Lake trails. Our schools are top-notch. Our students, they don't only excel in the classroom, but they do in robotics, in athletics, drama, band. We have a top-notch welding program. Our local government, under the leadership of Susan Lissard, who's our town manager, as has been mentioned several times, 
our local government is transparent and supports its employees and the citizens. Local nonprofits like Main Street Bucksport ensure that there are events that welcome newcomers, lifers, and visitors to the area, including, uh, here comes a cheap pop, but the 10th running of the Bridge the Gap race. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it starts at the fort, and it ends on, uh, it goes down our waterfront walkway, and it ends on um, on our Main Street. Um, also, you're 20 miles to anything you could need. There are business hubs, universities, colleges, hospitals, an international airport, Interstate 95, U.S. Route 1, tourist destinations. They're all within a half-an-hour drive that you can leave for the day, come back home during the evening. And two of the most beautiful places in Maine are, what, 45 to 50 minutes away in in, uh, Camden and Bar Harbor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we'll get um, some cruise ships that come here. Um, if they're not able to get into those locations, um, and you know, they'll hop on the bus and they'll head to those locations. Our locals will head down there. Um, but again, it, you can come right back home in the same day. You don't have to get a hotel to stay there if you, if you live here. And, and I know we've also talked in the past uh, about drawing businesses that can work anywhere in the world because they work remotely, uh, in, in Bucksport with a relatively low tax rate. In, in affordable housing, all of those sorts of things. I know you're trying and the town has been trying to attract people to come back to Bucksport or come to Bucksport and run your business. Uh, if you, if you can work in a business remotely work, work from Bucksport. Yeah. I mean, um, we have full services at a mill rate of 16.95 compared to our neighbors. Um, that is a fantastic rate. And we offer a superior product. I mean, the views here in Bucksport are second to none. We have great internet. Um, you know, along the Main Street corridor, we have uh, fiber, fiber optic, um, which is run by uh, First Light. Uh, we also have Spectrum as a choice. And consolidated communications um, are also uh, internet um, providers, services, ISPs here in the um in the community, uh, one of uh, one of my successes that I like to talk about uh, for the town was uh, the option where we got a Connect Me grant, and we were able to provide internet to areas in town that only had satellite as an option. So, uh, when real estate agents were trying to sell or market those homes, it was kind of tough because people do look for internet not only for their children for 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 schooling, but for remote work, work from home. Absolutely. It's such a key thing. And there's so many examples, mainly post-COVID, where people have uh, have stopped going back to the cities to work. And, and in many cases, their employers are allowing them to work from, from home. My son's a great example, was uh, working for a company in Boston and is working uh, remotely in, in uh, Holden. So um, there are just so many opportunities that way that Bucksport's uniquely positioned um, to be one of the uh, one of those communities that that uh, would be a community of choice for people. What now? So there's been a lot of things happened since the mill closure. Maybe you could kind of give us a summary or a recap of of the business types of business in town that, and, and also some of the new ones that are coming in. You mentioned one with the sale of the property, but I know the uh, recent announcement of a of a Thai restaurant coming to Bucksport. 
Yeah, so um, the Thai restaurant, um, V, uh, she owns the Thai restaurant in Blue Hill and Ellsworth. And you want to talk about persistence. This was her fourth attempt at trying to purchase a property in Bucksport to bring her business. Now, three times she tried for the same building, which she eventually did get. So, um, which is great and welcome news to the town. So, it's 52 Main Street. It's the building located next to the town office, and it's actually the former town office. Mm -hmm. Uh, The downstairs um, still has the jail cells and the solitary confinement room and um, the old vault. And the upstairs um, uh, has been fully renovated. Uh, The Lehmans, uh, Dave and Christy Lehman, had uh, acquired the building uh, through uh, being the high bidders when the town put the building up uh, uh, for bid. And uh, David took the building down to studs uh, and really did a remarkable job of fixing it up. They had a tenant um, who was upstairs for uh, quite some time, uh, but the Lehmans were looking for some new things. So they sold the building and, um, you know, V was one of the interested parties. Unfortunately, um, uh, she wasn't able to get the building at that time, but um, we did have a person who you know, was active in marketing the building uh, once the uh, tenant uh, had moved out. Um, But then other things came up for him. So he tried to sell the building and uh, V was one of the people. Unfortunately, things didn't work out the first time, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which would then be the third time. And then um, with uh, no success on on his behalf uh, of trying to move the property, um, he was able to move the property then to V. So, yeah, we'll be uh, seeing a Thai restaurant in our near future to join other restaurants that have come to Bucksport since I've been here. Um, and, you know, that was an, an opportunity when I started was that there were lack of options. So mm-hmm. now when you talk about the cuisine in Bucksport, you have the Friars Brewhouse Tap Room, you have uh, Verona Wine and Design, you have staples like McLeod's and Bucksport House of Pizza. Um, the Crumpet is a new uh, location on Main Street. Um, Warren's Waterfront Restaurant, our only waterfront restaurant, is here. Um, another longtime business, Ming's Garden, is here. These are all just on the, that side of the light. Then you go to the other side where you got Carriers and Crosby's and Glen's, who's fairly new in my time as well. Um, McDonald's and Subway, um, Dunkin' Donuts. So, there's a lot more options for food here in Bucksport, and I'll be remiss if I forget the Dairy Port, right, and Bucksport Nutrition. Um, so um, lots of new um, food places um, here in town, um, but we've also had some exciting um, things happen on the former mill site, 245 acres, four, uh, four parcels, all accounted for, uh, Maine Maritime Academy, located in Castine, they opened their center for professional mariner development on the former mill site. And what's funny about this is my first interaction with Bucksport was in 1997. It was my cost accounting project at Thomas College. The Verso paper mill at the time was called International Paper, and that was my cost accounting project. Interesting. So, so the building that Maine Maritime Academy resides in actually didn't exist. That building was built in uh, 1999. Wow. wow. And then um, they've expanded already. Uh, they built a fire suppression building, which is almost complete. So, 
you have that. Um, I inherited a second phase to the Buckstown Heritage Park, which is our industrial park. There were eight vacant lots. I'm proud to say that all eight lots are now full. Um, uh, the DOT, uh, the main department of transportation has been awesome to work with. We've, uh, been able to get an MPI grant on a couple occasions to replace 11 deteriorating walls. And these walls were on main street, us route one and central street. And, you know, it may not sound like much, but your first introduction to Bucksport, if you're coming up from route three, route one is the light. And you could choose to take a left or a right. And it was one of those walls that was crumbling down at the light. And that was your first site. And your second site was the property at 27 Main Street. So appearance is everything. So we've replaced those walls. We've gotten great compliments on on them. It really added value to the town. Um, during COVID, when the world shut down, you know, we slowed down a bit, but we didn't stop. We've replaced our fishing pier. It's wider and safer for all to use. We reconstructed our town dock pier. And some exciting news, um, in the process of upgrading the docking system to a year-round structure, and I've applied for over $4 million in funding through uh, congressionally directed spending, uh, or CDS, through uh, Senator Collins' office. Um, lots of new housing. Silver Lake Estates has created a 55 and older community. Uh, it's a living area with over 40 new homes, and they're looking to expand. Uh, Mike and Melissa Osborne are creating um, a new subdivision off of Bucks Mills Road, which will bring in 14 new homes. Um, we spoke about 27 Main Street, but uh, something that I think was near and dear to your heart, and you were a part of the council, Wilson Hall was saved. Absolutely. Have- That's one of my, I'm glad you mentioned that, one of my uh, favorite uh, decisions and favorite votes when we were there is uh, there was a you know there was a huge huge uh, push to tear it down by a lot of people which you know understandable considered what we'd gone through but thank thanks to Larry Wall and and his team and the vision that he had um, it's turning into a just a beautiful historic building so happy we saved it yeah absolutely and you know. Um- it has been saved, you're right. And there's six new apartments going into this historical building, and those will be available for those who are 60 and older. And, you know, it, the town could have chose to demolish the building for $65,000. Instead, we sold the property to Larry Wall for a dollar, and we gave him a $65,000 uh, forgivable loan at the request of the um, council, and he's turned that into a million-dollar project. To date, it's not open yet, but he's already spent a million dollars. Amazing. So the return on investment, the economics, it's, you know, and you take slack for it. We took slack Mm -hmm. for it here in the office. You're giving someone $65,000. Look what that $65,000 has turned into. So, I mean, a great, great decision by our council. Um, The former Timberlands building, that's been transformed into a building that has 10 new one to two bedroom apartments and those people move in tomorrow. So for those not familiar, the Timberlands building was the uh, accounting building uh, for the former paper mill. 
And uh, Chris Pepin of Orrington had the vision to turn it into apartments. And that's another million-dollar investment in the town of Bucksport. We didn't own the building, but another million dollars and more apartments. So we're growing. We're seeing increased capacity at our school. And for me, our for me, my number one priority, my number one economic development tool is our kids. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the schools, but our students achieve great academic goals. They bring home state championships and our robotics team. I know I mentioned it, but our robotics team is getting ready to head to the world championships again. Out of 3,000 plus teams in the world, they are ranked number 10. Unbelievable. That is just unbelievable. Such a tribute to the, the kids and the, and the teachers and the parents that are involved with the, the program and the town. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Very proud of the kids in what they, whatever they do. Um, but you know, that robotics is uh, pretty special. I'm the JV softball coach at the high school. Um, and I'm proud of all those kids, but to create something out of robotics and other school, well, how is Bucksport able to do it? The school is forward thinking. It's part of the curriculum. I mean, how brilliant is that? Uh, just great positive news and vibes for the town. It's tremendous. And and you mentioned that the mill uh, is the, the project for the, I think it's called, we called it the dunk tank. And in the military where helicopters, you practice surviving a helicopter crash into the water. Aren't they scheduled at some point to build one of those submersible tanks? Uh, that that is the plan. The Maine Maritime Academy um, had that as an, another plan as well, so that it would bring um, their four-acre parcel from one building to three. So they're finishing up this second one. Of course, the pandemic um, slowed things down quite a bit, um, but um, things are trudging forward, and that will be another um, uh, training facility uh, for the, and the. And the idea is that that's going to bring. Although it, it, it's not a taxable entity, as I understand it, but because it's it's part of the the uh, college, but it uh, it's going to bring thousands of mariners through this area, right, for the training and certification. It is, and, and again, just, you know, sort of like the twenty seven Main Street, sort of like the Wilson Hall. Hmm. If you take the step back and look at the economic impact it has on the community as a whole, what was there before? What is there now? Who's coming here? There are construction people that have to build these um, buildings and structures. And then these mariners who are required by law to be recertified have choices. A lot of these mariners went to Maine Maritime Academy. And how cool is it to have them come back? And now they're coming to Bucksport, uh, which is a place where if they were living at the academy, they probably came to the Alamo Theater to watch a movie, Hannaford's to shop, our restaurants to eat and drink, our waterfront walkway. Now they're coming back as mariners, and they may be coming back with their families, making a, uh, a vacation out of it. So, yeah, they're not paying – the academy's not paying taxes, but they've been a great partner um, offering um, use of their space for educational trainings for um, our local public safety departments, our town office staff, um, department heads. We've had training in that building as well. Um, so, yeah, the economic impact – Though we're not getting tax dollars, um, is huge for the rest of the community, and it's driving more people here. And and many thanks to all of you and the folks in town, but also uh, the former president uh, Bill Brennan, uh, Paul Mercer, who was a is a Bucksport native that was um, I think instrumental in in that as well. 
um, all of those folks had a vision of how that could help the academy, but also help Bucksport. So kudos to them. Well, Rick, as we wind down, uh, Rich, Rick, Rich, (laughs) as we wind down, um, let's, you mentioned you're a volunteer softball. I know you volunteer in a lot of different areas, softball, uh, anything else you'd like to mention that you're tied with uh, in the uh, sports department or any other volunteer activities? Uh, Yeah. um, I had the opportunity last year to get back into coaching um, middle school soccer. So Prior to the mill closing, I was the boys' middle school soccer coach and the uh, girls' um, softball coach at the middle school. And we're coaching against Ellsworth in this soccer game, and my phone's going off. Number one priority is the kids on the field, and I'm coaching. So, you know, at the end of the game, I look at my cell phone, see what's going on, and it was the announcement of the mill closing. And one thing I said to those kids on that boys' soccer team is, you know, when we got back and word got now and it was on the news, when we got to practice the next day was you be kids, you do what you need to do. And we adults, we will do what's right for all of you. So don't stress over this. You know, those kids have since on graduated, the town's on kicking and going. And last year I had the ability um, as the, uh, the girls middle school coach had uh, retired after a long successful career at Bucksport middle school. I had the opportunity to coach uh, that team, and we uh, we went 10 and 0. We shut out eight of our opponents and brought home a championship for the middle school. It's first, and um, I did step down this year so I could watch my daughter play uh, high school soccer. But um, I officiate during the summer the high school girls soccer teams games for them. Um, I the JV coach um, and assist with the varsity uh, softball at Bucksport High School. Um, I announced now, I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but um, I'm a busybody, and during COVID, it was very tough not to be able to do things, but the school asked if I would like to be a play-by-play announcer for the fans at home. They would uh, have a student who could retort, record the games, and I could be the voice, um, and then that's also led to me being able to um, introduce uh, our men's and women's varsity and JV uh, basketball teams, and I have the distinct honor uh, being the um, announcer for unified basketball for Bucksport High School. And if any of your listeners have never been to a unified basketball game, if you want to see sports done right, take a day. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. What a great atmosphere. It, it is. Everything I read and have seen, uh, it's a tremendous, tremendous uh part of sports now it's so good to see the unified basketball and buck sports been been very very successful very competitive uh, in the short amount of time that this has been around and and it's thanks to you and, and a lot of the volunteers and and rich i i uh you know i can't think I, as you're describing everything it just continues to energize me as a citizen of Bucksport and former council member, longtime resident of the, just the tremendous things that are going on in this town. And, and it's, it's, it's due to you and, and uh, Susan and the council and all the, all the hardworking folks, the community members that are doing this. We have a lot of committees, a lot of different uh, people involved, but you just typify to a T the citizen uh, the type of citizen in these small towns and even larger towns that really make things go. So I want to thank you personally and professionally for, for, 
one, coming to Bucksport, <laughs> and uh, and two, doing what you do for the town because we wouldn't be nearly um, as successful as we are now without your efforts. And I want to thank your family as well because obviously you work a lot of hours and and having that support system, I'm sure, is important to you. Awesome. Well, thank you, and I, and I really appreciate that. And I, I just li- like to leave you with one, one other thing, and, you know, political parties aside and everything, you know, that's out of the day-to-day part of my job, but something that I thought was really cool, and, and I think you'd, you'd like this. Um, Governor Mills mentioned Bucksport and the Friars Brew House by name in her inauguration speech. How cool is that? <laughs> that is absolutely – and she's been there a couple times, right, I believe? Yeah, we've hosted uh, Governor Mills uh, uh, before um, before the pandemic. Uh, literally that Friday, uh, we uh, took her on a tour of um, the brand new Maine Maritime Academy. Um, so, uh, and we were invited for that. And then we went uh, and joined her for lunch at the at the Friars. And then, most recently, uh, on her run to election this year, she was here and toured um, Greenhead Lobster and Pemaquid Muscle Farm, both of whom reside in our industrial park, and then for lunch once again at the Friars. And sometimes she makes unannounced trips up the boat to visit the Friars as well. So, um, you know, uh, former Governor LePage has been here as well, um, Senator Collins, uh, Representative Golden, um, Senator King. Um, So, yeah, we if, if you're no matter what party you're in, you know, you're always welcome here in Bucksport. And my job, no matter what, is to, you know, take you around and show you all of the things that have made Bucksport USA Today's best coastal small town. And I encourage your visitors, your listeners to come visit us and have a peek at what makes Bucksport so special, Rob. That's a great way to sum it up. Uh, we need we need support from all all politicians, all political parties, um, and and everyone is welcome. Uh, we're a great success story, and uh, as you mentioned, uh, people need to to stop by and and take a look at what Bucksport has to offer. Well, again, thank you, Rich, and for joining, Rich uh, Rateller, our economic development director in Bucksport. I really appreciate the time, and and thank you, listeners, for uh, being with us again today. And I hope you'll join me again for another Mainly Matters podcast in the near future.